Welcome to the Kyle Style Podcast, once again. I didn't have a specific topic kind of picked out for this one, but uh, kind of wanted to just uh, talk through a concept, an idea that I've been rolling around in my head for a while now. People who know me, I may have talked about this before. Um, I don't know how complex it actually is or whether it really means anything or if there's some kind of a pre-existing terminology for it. But uh, the idea, I call it prompt theory. It's kind of a, a social interaction uh, cognition idea, sort of related to like stimulus response. The human being has sensory organs and 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 hardwired instincts to kind of avoid pain and and seek pleasure. Um, to to react to stimuli, uh, to flee from danger, to seek out things like food and water, ensure survival. Uh, but we're also a social animal. And as such, there's a oftentimes, uh, sometimes very complex uh, system of social interactions and there's a input output methodology in place that has some cultural universals in some some ways things like greetings uh, uh, formal and informal you know greetings and interactions uh, hand gestures when greeting that kind of thing are fairly universal. Uh, giving of one's name uh, when asked, uh, introducing yourself, these kinds of things. And, and this might seem pretty simple, but I think it can get kind of complex. So you have in yourself, a, a, as an adult, as a, you know, a functional adult, you have this system down. With, essentially, whether you really kind of thought about it or realized it or not, you uh, we, you greet people, you shake hands. You might not necessarily actually be looking at them when you shake hands. You know, like politicians and whatnot <laughs> have this specific problem: uh, too many hands to shake, uh, too many babies to shake, and and hands to kiss. But uh, the cursory aspect to it is a kind of baseline. If someone doesn't know how to interact in this way, it changes how you perceive them. And if they choose to not interact in what we consider to be a socially acceptable or socially preferable manner, then 
you can run a severe risk of uh, kind of a judgment or uh, being ostracized, right? And in some ways, this is, I mean, simple sort of obvious things like, you know, don't, don't walk around with your dick hanging out. Uh, at the same time, it's things like uh, kind of like not, damn, like not lying. Like someone gives you their name, you give them your name, and it's assumed that you're giving each other your real name. You might give a, a nickname or a or something like that, but you you're kind of operating on the assumption that you've been given someone's real name and you are going to give them your real name. I'm sure there are real life trolls that you know mess with this process. But um, but the idea as well is if you are a more social person, you will have kind of more practice with this process, right? And not you will you'll be more comfortable and more aware of what those social norms are and in large part you can be very much judged for your knowledge and ability to follow this sort of codified system of interactions and people who are in some way detrimentally unable to follow it we consider them to even have like a, a behavioral disorder right uh, we give kids Ritalin uh, adults can be on all kinds of mood stabilizers uh, people also can even in a sense revel in being antisocial in that sense not shy but antisocial not wanting to follow the procedure and we're even aware of this with, you know, again, they kind of go with these sort of silly anecdotes, but things like people say, how's it going? And they don't actually mean, hi, how are you? How are things in your world? How are things in your life? It's a cursory uh, acknowledgement of the other person's existence. It doesn't, it's a, it's a prompt, but it doesn't necessarily require a response, right? But if we go again to prompt response as the input-output mechanism by which we engage with the world for the most part, I mean, we'd have stimulus response with like the physical world itself, but when you're talking about social interactions, it, it might seem obvious again, but you know, if you someone asks your name when you're introducing yourself, you wouldn't tell them your name and then tell them your name again and then tell them your name again. And again, you would you would tell them your name once. Someone could ask twice just to make sure they got your name right. But you, they no longer need that information, right? You need to move forward with that. And I mean, in, in, in a sense, I think this might be part of the stigma of the, the stutterer. The stutterer slows down and disrupts the the script. It, it disrupts the the stimulus response, the, the prompt response process, uh, 
and I don't know, maybe, maybe it makes you feel awkward because the, the script is supposed to play out, right? Um, and people get very, very comfortable with this script. Um, I find myself, you know, I'll, I'll thank the bus driver. You know, you don't necessarily need to thank the bus driver. He's getting paid. He's doing his job. Um, is it nice to? Sure, I guess. But, you know, he's probably used to being thanked. He's used to having people cuss him out. I don't know. You know, it's, uh, but it's uh, the nature of, in a sense, our culture, right? Like, especially Western culture. Um, you know, we don't, we don't bow. Um, as you know, some cultures just bow as a form of greeting. Um, we, I don't know, we make small talk. I don't know if it uh, if it has any meaning. It just we we don't necessarily uh, we we are vocally interactive oftentimes, but I think we're not necessarily comfortable enough to open up and have, uh, I don't know, deeper conversations with one another, especially in public settings. Um, certainly not in the workplace. Um, in the workplace, you don't want to uh, contribute to, you know, tensions or anything like that or uh, have it, I don't know, come out that uh, it's so crappy, like that somebody's pro-life and another person is pro-choice and now you... You think ill of this other person because of some, you know, political or uh, sort of philosophical ideal, and so then that detracts from potentially detracts from your ability to behave professionally towards that person. And this is why we have these other, you know, kind of uh, prompt response uh, precepts like never talk about politics or religion in polite company, right? Yeah, I guess you're supposed to talk about the weather and sports. I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, again, I, don't, I don't know if this was necessarily going to go anywhere. I'm just kind of, you know, throwing this idea out there. And you can, you can, when you're aware of it, you can, might catch yourself doing it. You might catch yourself, you know, looking at people, if they see you looking at them, you just kind of smile and nod, and then they go, okay. And unless you were staring at them with wide, wild eyes, they would just go, oh, okay, just a person. They were just looking at me, and I looked at them, and then we both looked away. It's a tiny acknowledgement. If it happens multiple times, maybe it would be off-putting or something. But uh, you, you might catch yourself doing these things. You might catch yourself saying... How's it going? You know, or or saying, oh, it's another Wednesday. Oh, we're almost to the weekend. Yeah, everybody knows we're almost to the to the fucking weekend. <laughs> it's it's Thursday. Yes, tomorrow's Friday. And at the same time, is it just a simple simple way of acknowledging each other and that we actually see each other? But do we actually see each other? And if we did, would we like what we see? You know, I mean, people might be awful when you actually talk to them. You you don't mind them at that arm's distance and with that level of interaction. But they might, I don't know, pe people have secrets, you know. There's the guy that is maybe your neighbor and you wave to him and you take out the trash. And he's the crazy guy that keeps women locked up in the basement for a decade, you know. 
uh, you never know about what people are actually into. Um, and you, you push your luck when you uh, kind of dive in with strangers and everything. But uh, but going back to a more a more basic level to it, which is that our there's a there's a sort of social hierarchy that similar to uh, under a monarchy just bowing to royalty you would you would just culturally know that you're supposed to bow to the king or the queen um, and that that hierarchy of course goes it goes upward like the, the queen doesn't bow to you uh, and you yeah I guess you wouldn't necessarily address that that ruler you wouldn't you wouldn't speak directly to them unless they directly spoke to you and all of that kind of protocol um, the and it, well, here in here in like the U.S. though, since we we don't have that same thing, we don't have the bowing thing down. We we do the small talk and actual handshakes and uh, that kind of thing. But people who are how would you say it? People who are perceived anyway as being more powerful, more confident. Uh, more assertive even have a different way of approaching some of this like prompt response stuff maybe just weeding through the confusion of it maybe uh, there's just a, maybe they've learned it better or that there's a, a body of this system that you just learn especially as you get older right you would expect a 25-year-old to have this system down and be a little more uh, forthright, a little more comfortable in engaging with the process with strangers, and then at a you know sliding scale going into deeper maybe subject matter and areas of knowledge, they would then you know be more confident in assessing where they're falling on that. Uh, whereas. Uh, you know, a 12-year-old isn't going to have that process down, like when to do introductions, when to, I don't know, when to, when to shut up, <laughs> when, to, when to shut up, when to talk. Um, and there's also things like uh, there's conversational dominance issues, right? There are sometimes people who just want to speak louder and dominate a conversation and control it. Uh, as opposed to, uh, like I don't know, uh, taking turns. I don't. I don't know exactly uh, what the distinction would be, but just a more equal conversation. Um, you know, maintaining lower volume. Right, speaking louder doesn't mean that you're uh, more correct. But uh, that's actually kind of a good one, though. Uh, there are many, many people. Eh, maybe I'm guilty of it too. Maybe we all are. But. Uh, thinking that you're you're speaking louder and so then that is going to win you the argument right if you're having a discussion or an argument debate i'm talking louder i'm more upset i'm more uh i'm more impassioned that makes me more correct when you know of course objectively that's not true however it can be convincing that's that's the thing it can be convincing um 
but yeah, so prompt response, it, you learn it as you get older. Uh, there are people who are sort of better at it than others. Um, you might uh, exhibit you, you, you exhibit your comfort level and your confidence level through it, right? You can be judged by it and your, your ability to engage with the process. And you can, uh, you, you, you engage in it like every day if, you, if you're at least around other people at all in almost any capacity. Um, the, the issue that I specifically thought of is like those people, you know, we, I think we think of them as like Asperger's type people and, uh, you know, people with like ADD or other like behavioral disorders and the, they're the people who I think of the uh, crazy homeless person that's, you know, ranting and raving while walking around, right? Uh, all, you know, filthy and disheveled. On the one hand, they've failed the cleanliness and presentation social test, social litmus test. But if they're spewing verbal diarrhea and you have no context for what they're talking about and they're yelling at people, but it's not intelligible, it's not purposeful, you know that that person's prompt response system is either kind of in a free fall, like it's just spilling forth, or they are broken. Like they have lost control in a sense of how to engage in, uh, I don't want to say normal, but uh, socially acceptable modes of interaction, right? They've either intentionally abandoned it or because of mental illness or, <coughs> or some kind of psychological break, they've lost the ability to be calm, control their words, and then interact with other people in a purposeful way and interacting with people in a purposeful way verbally is like it's I mean that's like the bread and butter of civilization um, you everybody has to at some level have this system down at least to a point where you can get the things you need via interacting with other people uh, you won't be able to hold a job if you don't understand the prompt response. You're not going to get through an interview if you don't know the prompt response for, say, that specific context of a job interview, right? You wouldn't start swearing or, um, or saying things that are, like, completely unrelated to how you are presenting yourself in, say, a job interview. So people who don't have this ability, I don't want to say mastered, but don't have an acceptable level of this ability, you, you, ju you judge them. I mean, especially like, you know, again, like the child-adult comparison, right? Like especially somebody who's an adult, you think you should have a filter on your brain to mouth. You should be aware of what your words are meaning in specific contexts. Um, and... 
in some sense, this whole process can affect, like, it, it can affect the friends you make, it can affect the jobs you have, it can affect your own ability to, I don't know, it could even affect, like, your own ability to, like, engage with media and whatnot. Like, if you can't control your own impulses and such, you won't be able to sit down and read a book, right? Because you're... There, there's almost no prompt response going on when you read a book. You just absorb the material, and it's all internal, right? Um, unless you read aloud. I don't know. Maybe I'm off the rails here. I'm just rambling again. But uh, I don't know. Uh, take that and stick it in your gray matter, and uh, let it, uh, let it, you know, let it come out from time to time. Let, let yourself, uh, you know observe how it's happening, right? How do powerful people interact with people who are less powerful than them? And how do people who are at least seemingly confident engage with this process? And then people who are broken and, and aren't good at this process. And then where, you know, where do you kind of fall on the spectrum, right? And if you were to say focus on this, you, maybe you just become a neurotic mess, but you, you might find that you can learn the system a little better, uh, see the difference in yourself kind of uh, ref reflectively that you, as a child, didn't know what this process was, but as an adult, your very survival, your success, uh, your success with, uh, you know, romantically, professionally, you know, socially, is all inherently, you know, dependent on that. And again, you know, the first five seconds of an encounter is the first impression that people will judge you by. So try to, <laughs> I guess, try to be aware of that without becoming a... Uh, a neurotic mess that is constantly worried about everything you're about to say. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, I don't know. I think I'm. I think I ran out of spit. So, see you next time.